0: Today's story is A Circle, by right Struggle, a.k.a. Raymond Beeman. Ghosts can come in many forms. They can be big, and they can be scary. They can be visceral, and they can be disturbing, but they can also be small and subtle. Lurking just beyond the precipice of our reality silently reminding us of what we fear the most in our lives. Mine was small. Mine was a circle. It was small enough to fit into my pocket, and it was made of white gold. To see it, you would not know it. To touch it and feel it, you would never question it. But to know it was a different story altogether. It was light, yet weighty, and it haunted me more than I could ever realize. The moment the door closed, I could not have known what was about to unfold. I returned home that night, lost and alone, filled with sorrow and regret, cursing myself for all of the little things that eventually added up. Alone, they are small, but over time they grow. The forgotten dates, the distant nights, and always listening but with only one ear. They're like a crack. It begins with a line, and when left unchecked, it can grow and tear, splintering all in its path while leaving a spiderweb of misery in its wake. And this? This is what inhabited my mind, as I closed the front door and sheepishly sunk into my bed. What was to become known as the first night was honestly unremarkable. It was just like any other night, excluding the events which had preceded it. I slept, I woke, and I rose. The sun had already risen before me, and by the time I opened my eyes, its warm glow had already settled nicely through my window, gently warming my face as I pulled myself out of bed. I made a habit of taking a walk every morning. There was a small lake not too far from my home that could only be described as serene during the morning hours. I walked to this lake every day, and just sat for a while. I found it to be the perfect way to compartmentalize my thought and prepare for the day, and I knew that following on from the night prior, that I needed this now more than ever. So I put on my jeans, and I made my way towards my front door. I pulled the handle once, but it wouldn't open. I pulled the handle down again, but it would not. Open. I pulled the handle a third time, but the door remained closed. Confused, I paused for a moment. For a second, I contemplated that I was still asleep and still dreaming. It didn't make any sense. I began to yank at the handle forcefully as an irrational fear crept through my body. I pulled and pulled until my arms strained and my muscles ached. My mind began to cloud and the fear seeped through my body, infecting every sense and corrupting all reason in its wake. The exit to the world remained shut, standing firm, unyielding, and fierce. In a panic, I tried the windows. When that didn't work, I tried the back door, and when that did not work, I tried my phone. My phone would not respond. Its screen hung black and clear, refusing to respond to any touch. The television was the same. My computer was the same. Everything was just... empty. For hours, I stood at my window, but no cars passed. There were no pedestrians, no mothers pushing buggies, and no men returning from work. There were no birds. There was no sound. There was no wind and no air, there was simply nothing. The world outside was unmoving and barren. All life which used to reside could not be seen from my vantage point, point. and any indication that I once shared this world with another was elusive and no longer tangible. The seconds quickly turned to minutes, and the minutes into hours... I could still feel the passage of time despite the fact that my clock refused to move. I knew that time had passed, despite the fact that the sun remained high in the sky, and I knew my life continued on simply due to the fact that I continued to breathe. The sun continued on, however, high in the sky, unmoving and unforgiving, refusing to give way to the night. My clock remained fixed. Its time was a little after ten. The day was... Perpetual. The day was everlasting. So I slept. It took a while for slumber to greet me as the blinding day persisted, but eventually I slept. And then I woke. And then I rose. This continued on as the concept of days passed. My fridge slowly emptied despite the fact that food no longer had taste. No matter the meal... No matter the plate, every dish was no more than chalk. Taste was a word which once had meaning, but somehow it had become lost, forgotten within a sea of daylight and vanquished from the world inside of my prison. So I slept, I woke, and I rose. I quickly lost faith that anyone would find me. It was around two weeks in that it dawned on me how much time I had wasted in my life up until this point. I had no friends to miss me, no job that could not continue on without me, and no partner left to love me. All I had was this house, this room, and this bed. Nothing but myself. Trapped and alone, living in solitude, completely forgotten by the world outside. A world where no mark existed by my name. I was all alone, and I was lost. So I slept. After the third week, my food ran out. And then, after a few days, I realized I could no longer feel hunger. As time continued on while never passing, I quickly realized that I was not starving, that I was not dying. What would have been a horrifying revelation before was nothing more than a fleeting moment swept away by the daylight. The sun still had not moved and I still continued to exist, so I never really questioned it. I just slept, then I woke, and then I rose. It was after a month or so of nothing but myself and the silence that I eventually met him. Suddenly, one night, I was jolted awake. I could not explain why I had awoken so suddenly. It was just there. It was the indescribable need to open my eyes. It was the feeling that I was being watched. My eyes strained as I opened them, the never-ending daylight blinding me as I sat up in my bed. I noticed him straight away. He sat on the edge of my bed staring at me simply watching on as I slept. My heart began to pound heavily as he smiled at me, my reflection glaring back at me with a self-satisfied smile. He shifted slightly and brought a finger to his lips, indicating that he wished for me to remain silent with a soft and careful exhale. "'Good evening,' he spoke softly, "'or should I say good morning?' It is getting rather hard to tell the difference now, is it not? Panic coursed through my being as my body reacted instinctively to the intruder. Now, now, he grinned. I would have assumed you were already acquainted with the fear. It's not as if you have just arrived here now, is it? Slowly, my chest began to ease as my breathing slowed. See? There is no worry here that you have not already seen, so why worry? That's my philosophy. It really is quite striking here. I knew that you preferred your own company, but do you not think that you're taking this a little bit too far? I did not respond straight away. I simply sat in silence as he continued to watch me, his smile never ceasing as he glared at me through gritted teeth. Then, after a few moments, my mouth opened, and the most expected of questions drifted from my lips. Who are you? I knew the answer deep down, but I asked the question regardless. Slowly, the man lifted himself from the bed and straightened his tie. You already know who I am, he answered. But... I'm supposing that you can be forgiven for such predictable question, considering your current predicament after all. Well, allow me to reintroduce myself. He smiled and spun slightly on the spot, basking in his own arrogance and self worth. I am you. Well, that is not quite true. I am who you would like to to be. I'm everything that you have ever aspired to be, everything that you have ever dreamed to be. I'm simply you, just the better version of you. Perfect in every way. I do not make your mistakes, I do not waste your time. I make friends, and I do work that will leave a mark. You may call me perfect if you please, but if I were to be honest, I would much more prefer. Benny. After a few moments, Benny nodded slightly to himself and then once again resumed a sitting position at the bottom of my bed. The mirror has never looked more appealing, has it? Confused, I opened my mouth and allowed the second question to come, even though I knew that the answer would be just as cryptic as the first. Why am I here... "'How do I get out?' "'Benny laughed slightly. "'Well, heavens,' he said. "'It really is quite concerning if you of all people have to ask. "'After all, we're only here because of you. "'The door cannot remain shut forever, but I guess you already know that, right?' "'Perplexed, I shook my head. "'What? "'I I don't understand.' How can I get out? Please, just tell me. Benny sighed slightly before answering. (sighs) See, this is your problem. Never listen. You're always in your head, in your life, in your world. You've never cared about what is going on out there, have you? Out there, in the real world, your life and your mind... Your feelings and your thoughts, your needs and your wants, that's all that's real to you, is it not? Maybe if you listened for once, maybe if you actually cared what others thought, maybe if you allowed someone in, maybe you would find your way out. At least, that is what I am thinking. Benny paused for a moment and smiled. But I wouldn't hang around if I were you. I would make it sharpish. You see all this light? It is really not too good for the eyes. As the smile once again slowly crept across his lips, I noticed his eyes begin to expand. It was slow at first, but the pace grew quicker. As the mass in each socket expanded, my heart quickened in tandem. They grew and they grew until finally they were as large as saucers, unnaturally sat in each socket, complementing his features in a dark and unsettling way. His mouth opened slightly as his smile grew tighter across his cheeks. "'Being inside for this long will do you no good,' he whispered, his voice growing deeper and rough with each passing word. "'The affliction.'" is already growing across your face. Slowly, Benny reached into his jacket pocket and produced a small mirror. His smile tore at his face as he brought the object up for me to see. Have a look at yourself, he added, his tone becoming demonic and harsh. You really do not look yourself today. I knew I did not want to see it, but I could not bring myself to look away. There I was, in all of my depressed and broken glory, face strained and features weak. My eyes did not belong to me, their large and looming presence reflective of Benny's features. My body felt so strange and my mind felt lost. It had been so long since I'd felt anything, anything at all. I had once been happy, so long ago. I had once felt joy, pleasure, and love, but now all I felt was hollow. The sinking emptiness ensnared my mind and filled my chest as I gazed upon my reflection, unmistakable proof of just how deep I had sunk. And then, out of nowhere... I decided that it was enough. I knew then that I did not want to waste my time. I knew then that I needed to make a mark, and I knew that no matter what came after, all I wanted to do was be better, be a more perfect version of myself, to just be me. I had been drowning for so long without even knowing it, so it was inevitable that I would eventually sink. But. That did not mean I had to stay at the bottom. I knew how to swim, so why was I not fighting the current? A tear fell gently down my cheek as Benny continued to smile. No, I said, reaching up to wipe away the tear. No longer. I will not stay here any longer, and I will leave. Because I choose to leave. I choose to be better, I choose to get better, and I choose to do all of the things that I want to do, and to make up for all of the mistakes I have ever made. I choose to be happy, Benny. I choose life. Gradually, the smile fell from Benny's lips, and after a few seconds, he spoke. Very good. I would probably try that pesky door now if I were you. With a blink, Benny was gone. No longer was he sat at the bottom of my bed, eyes large and still looming. The daylight still pierced my window, but suddenly the air felt different. Somewhere in the background, the noise of a car passing my home could be heard. I pulled myself from my bed as my clock ticked noticeably. Birds chirped away at their morning song as they welcomed the dawn of a new day and my once oppressive home now suddenly felt so much more open. Slowly, I picked up my jeans, got dressed, and I made my way to the front door. Pausing for a moment, I allowed my hand to hover over the handle. I knew that my words were not bluster. I knew that I meant every single one of them. I just knew in that moment that things would be different. That I would be different. After all, I had done what needed to be done. I had chosen to swim. With a new confidence, I pulled the handle down and the door opened. The air immediately felt fresh and clean as I stepped back out into the world. I allowed it to grace my cheeks as a smile grew across my face. Other people... May not have been as lucky as me. I know that. Others may never get to step back outside. The door may never open for them, so in that moment, I knew that my second chance would not be wasted. There was only one place I needed to be. So I made my way to the lake. After a few minutes, I' had made it to my favorite spot, and I took a seat on my favorite bench. The serene waters moved peacefully in the foreground as I reached into my pocket and pulled the small metal object from within. The ring had been in there since last night. It had been in there for so long. I carefully eased it back onto my finger and once again smiled. I would fix this. I would fix me and I would get back all that I had lost. You see, ghosts ghosts can come in many different forms. They can be big, and they can be scary. They can be visceral, and they can be disturbing, but they can also be small and subtle, lurking just on the precipice of our reality, silently reminding us of what we fear the most in our lives, but they can also be moments. Ghosts can be memories, events, cause and effect. Our ghosts can trap us if we are not careful, and they can freeze time, Imprisoning us in our memories, in our events, and in our lives. They can fragment our reality. They can hold us stationary until years have passed, and the only thing different is our age. You see, ghosts can come in many shapes and sizes, and I knew in that moment that mine was no longer scary. Mine was small. Mine was a circle. So that, my friends, was once again a circle written by A Right Struggle, a.k.a. Ray Beeman. Please check out Ray's stuff in the description. Please check it out and please support him. This story was so elegantly written and in my opinion, it was absolutely beautiful. I would be lying to you if I said I was not fighting back tears near the end of that story. I don't know if it was apparent, but this story hit my heart really heavy so hopefully you all enjoyed it Um, I have another story by Ray coming up here in the near future and I am beyond excited for that fact thank you so much for letting me read this uh, Ray thank you very much again please listeners audience beautiful people check Ray's stuff out in the description this is once again he's also known as a right struggle please please check his stuff out A huge thank you to everyone that listened to this and gets to this point, obviously. Um, If you enjoyed this and you're still listening and you're not subscribed to the channel, please do consider doing so. It does help a lot. And also, please consider following me on any of my social media platforms. I have several of them down there. You can also go to my website, astheravendreams.com, to find all the places you can find me and my stories and my narrations. Um, And then lastly, there's the obvious, the support through Patreon Coffee. Thank you to everyone who does support me on those. Even if you don't, it's perfectly fine. It's always appreciated, but never expected. Um, So thank you to everyone. Again, I do love you all, and I hope you're having a beautiful day. And I hope you continue to have a beautiful day. And I hope to see you on the next video. But until then, sleep well.